you're interested in sponsoring us, just contact us yeah. through our non-existing social media platforms. Yeah, I, I just looked up. I have a Pinterest account, so if I mean, we came in <laughs> on Pinterest if you want to sponsor us. We'll only market this through Pinterest. Yeah, we're a <laughs> Pinterest-exclusive podcast. That's not true. <laughs> I love it personally. I like yeah, it a lot. It's good. I am McKay. I'm Jordan. Um, and how to describe our, the premise of our podcast? We basically just wanted to have a platform. Well, we pretty much realized we talked about some cool nerdy stuff. We feel like we say cool things, and so we're like, hey, let's let's make this. Yeah, it's like I feel like. I don't know a lot about anything, but I know, like, a little bit about, like, a bunch of things. A jack-of-all-trade yeah, of like, knowledge. I could talk about breakfast cereal for a while, or, like, that's probably that's not the only thing I can think of, actually. <laughs> I could just think about cereal. It just ran out today, so. Um, what was it? What'd you eat? Oh, today I polished off uh, vanilla almond honey bunches of oats. Ooh. It was good. Yeah, that's nice. Great choice. It's really nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, um, in this inaugural episode, we wanted to talk about, I don't know how to say it out loud, 17776. It's like, I almost want to say 17776. One triple seven six. Ooh, that's nice. That sounds kind of cool. Yeah, it sounds like a, One triple seven six. Kissing through the phone. <laughs> One triple seven six, something, something. No, I don't. I had that talk when I was in fifth grade, so I can't say I'm really familiar with it. Baby! <laughs> That's actually... Shout out, Soldier Boy. Yeah, rest in peace, I think. Is he alive? I don't know. Um, he's, not, he's, he's still alive. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you finished 1770-76 like 10 minutes ago, so how would, you, I did. how would you describe the premise of this? The premise? What is it? I don't even know. I... It's like a story. It's right? a story. And I think it's... You know, it's almost like a book. I feel like it's like the future of books, almost. Like, it's an interactive online book. Ah, so like a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like multimedia, so it's like yeah. text and video and images and... That's basically gifts, it. yeah. Gifts, yeah. That's kind of the gist. Um, yeah, no, it was like I think it was such a unique experience and like a unique way to go about telling a story. I think it's like a very revolutionary way of like storytelling. Sure. Yeah. So essentially, it's it's a story set in the year one seven 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 six. I guess that's seventeen thousand seven hundred seventy six. <laughs> now that I'm actually thinking about um, and it's from the perspective of a satellite. That was launched in like current times. I don't remember which satellite it is. It's been a couple weeks since I read it. Um, <laughs> number nine. Yeah, so like number nine, I guess whatever. <laughs> you want to like is it like Sputnik? Was that like the like the Russian one? I, I can't remember. remember. That? I, Sputnik was mentioned, and I don't know if Sputnik okay. wasn't one of the main characters. Anyways, it's from the perspective of a satellite, and in this future, mankind 
apparently sometime around like the year 2020 something mankind stopped aging and stopped dying and stopped having kids so everyone's just frozen at the age that they were at right or they could choose their age so they could they like if they wanted to be in their 20s or like in their 80s like they could choose what age they wanted to be at and they could like switch as well but like they were immortal right basically yeah and they can't like injure themselves either right no they and so with nothing to do, no one has to work, no one has to find food, no one has to really do anything that gives life purpose these days, um, they've taken to playing football. But weird football. <laughs> Not the football that we would assume. Um, so yeah, so the football, basically, they're just looking to entertain themselves. And the football, since it's the only thing that they use now, it's the only source of entertainment they've like progressed football into these like crazy scenarios and situations and they morphed the game it's kind of like little kids it's from my, my, my like as i was reading it, i was like okay like, a little kid has this game of basketball and it's like all right we're gonna change the game up a little bit we're gonna like walk on one leg or like it's like these little variations have turned into these crazy you know games of quote-unquote football yeah it's like for example one of them is there's a game of football oh, I, I can't remember the specific examples i should have regret it but <laughs> um like one end zone is the state of arizona and the other end zone is the state i think it was washington or canada the canada, yeah. canada yeah and so it's like these football games that are thousands of miles long they're thousands of miles wide and basically an unlimited amount of players involved and they'll go on for months and years, and some of them go on for decades and hundreds of years, um, tweaking the rules every time just to keep it interesting. Um, yeah, and like one of them, they give a list of like weirder examples of football games that they're playing. Is they decide to play a football game that's like three thousand miles long, but the traditional football width, which is fifty-three and a third yards wide. Mm-hmm. So they have to play within 53 yards but run thousands of miles <laughs> i don't know it's just like it's an interesting example and it's i guess what made it significant and not just i don't know like political sports comedy i guess is is how it drew attention to what gives life meaning for mm-hmm. me i don't know i kept thinking about while reading it i'm um, like why like what do i do to spend my time now why aren't i spending 100 years playing a single football game like why would that ever be significant to me um, and yeah, it, it, it was good, and it was like kind of a good mix of humor and comedy, and also thought provoking. Yeah, it was like on philosophical totally. questions. Yeah, no, it was super. I mean, the whole time I was reading it, I was thinking of uh, the song "Forever Young." <laughs> okay, okay. I was thinking, like, thinking of the prom scene from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> that's all I could think of when I was But um, no, it was like so interesting to think about. You know one the purpose of life and two just the idea of immortality i think as a kid i was listening to that song i was like i don't know if i really do want to be forever young (laughs) yeah and like after reading it i was like wow that's it's so it was an interesting premise and way to think about immortality in terms of having to entertain yourselves and like having that be your now purpose for living almost yeah, and it's interesting to me how it made me think of sports now, the way we use sports in our mm. culture when we do have to work for food 
and money and supporting families and raising kids and things like why do we devote so much money and time to sports when we do have those things that can be more fulfilling I guess I don't know I on that same note of living forever when I was in fifth grade are you sure about that I honestly have not <laughs> yeah fifth grade um yeah, that was me. Oh, My bad. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. I was like, oh. <laughs> um, in fifth grade, we read Tuck Everlasting. Did you ever read that book? Mm-mm. It's basically a book about like a family in rural America that stumbles upon the fountain of youth in a random forest oh, by their house, and like only this family has found it, and uh, it's been what. 12 years since I read the book so my memory is a little bit foggy but they had been alive for a long time and it's kind of like what do they do to give their life purpose and it's told from the role of this girl who meets them that wants to drink the water to then live with them and they're trying to convince her not to now that I think about it a lot of parallels to Twilight unfortunately <laughs> that's really too bad um, luckily this girl doesn't end up drinking the water Bella Team Edward by the way Team Edward gross just kidding, you know. <laughs> so gross <laughs> It's like Robert Pattinson. He's a cool guy. Yeah, he was cool post-Twilight. Post-Twilight. Mid-Twilight, I was not a fan of his. He can keep that robe on. I think, like, I didn't know anything about Twilight except for, like, the baseball scene. Okay. It's pretty funny. It's also probably the peak of the series. (laughs) Probably. But then, like, now that I've seen, like, like The Lighthouse and now Tenet, and, like, okay, Robert Pattinson's, like, he's pretty cool. I haven't seen his yet. But, yeah, I hear a lot of good things about his current acting skills. Nothing nothing <laughs> notable back then, that's for sure. Well, Cedric Diggory, Harry Potter. Yeah, even then, I wasn't a fan. Yeah. <laughs> Cedric Diggory was kind of a jerk. Yeah, movies. agreed. Um, but, I mean, pour one out for Cedric. Poor guy. <laughs> Don't kill the spare. Anyways. Um, <laughs> what was I even talking about? Oh, yeah, talking about last thing. So, yeah, it's, like, interesting to think about. I don't, like, why do we have these narratives of immortality why why are they interesting I guess Mm -hmm. when we aren't going to be immortal at least not in an unreligious sense if we're not going to live on earth forever the way these books depict I guess yeah I don't know it it was interesting reading that and thinking about like I I guess when I finished I just kept thinking I need to use my time more productively was kind of Mm -hmm. the takeaway from it which I didn't really expect from it and I'm not sure why, but just like thinking about someone that would spend hundreds of years playing a single football game because they had no other purpose, and thinking about how I only have a certain amount of time, you know, I can't waste time the way they do, it made me reconsider, I guess, what I'm prioritizing with the time I have. I don't know, mm. it's probably a little bit deeper than well, I tend to get with that, <laughs> I think. I don't know, I thought a lot about like the constraint of time that we have huh? and just how it's kind of you know I, I think constraints are good you know because they they force us to think differently into you know depending on the task and situation like in terms of design we've talked about it before but just how you know having a constraint an assignment something to get done to accomplish you know that one that gives you purpose but you also have you know like a time constraint and you get this done by such and such mm-hmm. And I think in the book, you have forever to yeah. play these football games or to, like, 
win a video game i don't know just like sure i never really thought about time as a, a constraint but it's something that we think about our lives like you know yeah. i have like i need to graduate by this time or like before i die what do i want to do yeah. you know in the next five years like how much time is a, a constraint that we use but how it's so much of a you know it gives us purpose in our life sure. to to get things done yeah, I just I just finished The Good Place this week. Uh, have you watched The Good Place at all? No, but I I've seen it like a little bit. Yeah, I have friends I feel like that we watched really a about it. So together when we lived together uh-huh. back in the day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I mean serious spoiler alert here. I'm about to spoil the end of the whole series. So I'm sorry about it. Dang. Quite good though. Highly recommend even if you're about to hear what I'm about to say. But <laughs> are you sure you want to do this? Yep. Um, <laughs> essentially, essentially in the last season. They get to the good place, which is heaven. Okay. Um, and it, it kind of sucks because you can have whatever you want mm. in this fictional heaven that the TV shows come up with. Anyways, and no one likes it because, like, after a certain amount of time in a place where you can have anything you want, nothing has meaning and nothing matters because you know you're going to be there forever. And they run into, like, famous philosophers and rhetoricians, and they've all just become stupid and kind of babbling idiots because they haven't had to challenge their their minds at all in mm. thousands of years or whatever because they've just been in this place where you can have anything you want which it, it, to a lot of people is kind of their traditional understanding of what heaven is and so what they end up concluding in kind of the resolution of the series sorry if you're listening and you don't want to know skip, skip this part yeah just don't listen to the podcast I guess um, <laughs> is they add they come up with this door that you can walk through when you're re- whenever you're ready in heaven and it basically just dissolves your essence into the universe and that's the end which is kind of the atheist concept of death weird I thought it was interesting that in order for kind of this secular con- like creation of a, a fictional perfect afterlife to have meaning they basically just had to recreate death again if that mm. makes sense like in order to give meaning to heaven they had to add another death to it which makes sense like they, you need it it's kind of what we're talking about. It can be hard to find meaning in every day if time is unlimited. It doesn't matter. Like, okay. why, what's my motivation to do something now if I could do it in a hundred years or, you know, or a new rebirth. Yeah. And I, I, I think this is less reflective of obviously my beliefs in the afterlife and that sort of thing, but more just kind of thinking about life now. It's like, we spend so much time working for these things that we want. I want to make this amount of money and to build a family and to reach these creative goals and stuff. Um, like why does it matter in the context of how much time we have to live it? I don't know. Also another good example of that show of freaking hilarious show, but like hitting on like, Oh uh, yeah. Stuff, that's you know? All right. <laughs> the, the little, I'm crab pinching as if that <laughs> somehow, um, express what I'm trying to say, but yeah, like deeper topics, I guess in comedy. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. it's fascinating. Oh, it's it's so weird. I don't know, just something I never really like, have given much thought into how like almost blessed we are to have a limited lifespan. Sure. <laughs> just like how much like purpose that gives us into our lives. Yeah.
like as I was reading and thinking about the story and kind of thinking like what does it mean to be human as well and so like it, at one point it's like a quote from the story it says if they advance too much further uh, technology those advances would inevitably intrude on their humanity people wanted to walk they wanted to take the bus that smelled like cigarettes they wanted those precious three minutes between asking a question and knowing the answer um and I thought you know we and it goes for like you know we we are always trying to be more efficient with our time but if you have unlimited time there's no need to be yeah, efficient yeah and um Oh, so I, I mean, like, bring up philosophical content. means deep. You like questions, like thought-provoking yeah. thoughts. <laughs> it's just like you know what, <laughs> what is humanity? Like, what does it mean to be human? And it's yeah. interesting in that you know we we look at humanity and like how we identify ourselves is by what we do. And what we do is usually motivated by our time constraints. Yeah. Oh, I had something really good and I forgot it. Oh, yes. So, yeah, the quote you were talking about, <laughs> it's t- from a part in the story, which I don't know if we ever mentioned, but this is like a website. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You just Google 17776, which is one more seven than you would traditionally think should be there. <laughs> um, it just takes you there. It's like the first result. It's sbnation.com slash a slash one triple seven six i just google one triple seven six two. <laughs> you'll find it that way <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever anyways that's what it is it's a website that kind of leads you to this multimedia storytelling whatever um but yeah it's like they these people the satellite that's the main narrator of the story um he asked like why if these people have fifty thousand years to to grow and to innovate are they still driving normal cars and walking and talking on the phone like why haven't they added technology and that's what kind of where that quote comes in it's like they wanted the satisfaction it's kind of reminds me of the pushback that there is right now to self-driving cars mm. it's like people want yeah. the satisfaction of driving a car and I agree I don't know that I fall so firmly on the side of anti-self-driving cars but I do think there's like a lot of joy and satisfaction to, be, to come from driving and while I do look forward to the day when I won't have to like stop and pay $50 every four hours of driving and to refill my car um and hopefully that's a day that comes relatively soon <laughs> and I don't have to pay $112,000 for a Hummer EV to do it. <laughs> um but yeah it's kind of like people want that satisfaction but it's also kind of in continual conflict with our impatience and we want things to be faster and better hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, you know, they might be, like, considered annoyances yeah. a little bit, but I think that we want to care for people. We want to, like, fix things. Yeah. And I think having those little problems, if you will, kind of give us motivation, like, slightly more purpose into our yeah. everyday life. And I think that's, like, I think that's being kind of attacked in a sense, but, you know, self-driving cars. But in one of my classes, a professor said that, you know, Google basically like with automation everything they basically just, it's like making our lives easier and easier to where we don't have to think about stuff sure like i can get on my phone and like a lot of things will just be like i can click on something like oh go here like it knows like the shortcuts you know yeah and it's just like crazy how it's happening things are just happening to us and 
we're advancing so much, but there's, you know, having that, you know, like quality, I don't really know how to describe it. Just like something that I do intentionally is more fulfilling than having something done for me. Yeah. I think that's kind of what it comes down to is what gives us fulfillment. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that for me and, and maybe in a more general sense, it's human to human interactions and, you know, kindness and service, but also, you know, teaching someone something or learning anything or creating something and automation. Well, I think there's a lot of benefits to it. And I don't say this in any way to mean that we should fight against technological advancements and automation. It does tend to deprive people of that, you know, without actual driving, there's no fulfillment in driving. So then the question is asked, like, what do you do with that time you spend in the car? Mm-hmm. You know, are do we become Wally people? You know, they're just con- like continually consuming media and never creating and never getting the long term fulfillment that comes from creation and only the short term dopamine hit fulfillment of mm-hmm. watching a funny YouTube video or that sort of thing. And it's like I think of like raising a family. I don't have kids, obviously, but I'm sure that I, from what I understand, there's immense fulfillment that comes from raising kids. But then one could say if that was somehow an automated process if they technologically devised a perfect way to raise children to be good people and had it done automatically you know what would human beings then do with that independence as we and that's kind of like the extreme example of pushing off human interaction onto automation but it just kind of poses the question like what do we do with all this time that we're being afforded are we happier than people 200 years ago who had to do all the things that right now I can have do with my phone, you know, totally. which I don't think we are. I think the, the sources of fulfillment haven't changed. We're just, have, mankind as a whole has just always struggled to find them, I guess, to focus mm-hmm. on the things that really matter. Yeah. I don't know. And like in my, one of my classes, we've gone over some studies about productivity and just how things are becoming more automated and with computers are able to do more. Um, in like a shorter amount of time but we're also being less productive because we're more distracted and less able to focus and so there's like a super interesting almost paradox sure. between all of it Yeah. but you know it's, we, we want more free time to focus on those connections but I think having those you know everyday things that we need to do also make those moments sweeter and more important as yeah. well so like there has to be like a balance between both. Yeah, we're setting a very dangerous precedent on this podcast. So the very first thing we decided to talk about, we've hit the meaning of life, <laughs> the purpose of human fulfillment and time, and the concept of time and death. And yeah, I don't know if we're always going to be this deep on the podcast, but all in just one episode of yeah, oh, no. <laughs> on the no. But I mean, you can read one triple seven six. I'm going to stick with that now. But you can read that, and you can read it from a a purely entertaining perspective. I do think it provokes these thoughts and these questions that are very interesting to think about. Yeah, it's kind of a hallmark. Yeah, it's a a hallmark of good media entertainment, I guess. Maybe that's why I love The Good Place so much, is that Mm. it's really funny, and I enjoy it a lot, but it also touches on kind of those deep underlying tenets of human existence that sort of thing like I love The Office but 
The Office is something I put on and let it play while I'm doing something else because it's really funny, but I don't do that to a show like The Good Place or shows like that that, I don't know, they beg a little bit more of you as a, as a consumer. So they think about? Yeah, and it's not like I'm sitting there philosophizing for like an hour afterwards, but mm. there's a, I think there's a more complex emotional depth that it can bring. Yeah. Which, in The Office, there's that too, but it's it's different. Mm. It's more You've also seen it like... Five, six, the office, five, yeah. I'm about to finish it again because if we can off of Netflix, I'm gonna be very bitter. We should talk about Netflix, don't do that. I know we should talk about, yeah, because you're obviously listening, <laughs> you and my mom, and I think that's it. Um, but yeah, and, and I think the office offers kind of that deeper meaning in human interactions, you know, like the office has made me cry before watching Michael leave, you know, but not the other 90% of the time. That's that was there, so, so well done. It's what it's good. When the yeah. pan takes off the mic and then yeah, yeah it's that good. part of it. It's Whoa. good storytelling. talked about hitting on is the future of sports what is sports going to look like in the future in 50 years or 80 years or 100 years so yeah, I don't know what do you think like obviously we're not going to live for 50,000 more years not individual <laughs> humankind maybe but not yeah. individual humans I don't know based on what's going on <laughs> in the climate right now and politics we might be toasting like 8 to 12 years that's <laughs> hard to say but I don't know. What do you the think future of sports? Yeah, sports in general. Do you think we're going to be playing international singular games of football? It'd be pretty sweet, honestly. <laughs> it would be cool. I mean, the world is getting flat, as they say. But um, <laughs> it's not always flat. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think sports are kind of. I think we will see a lot of change in sports. I mean, we are seeing more sports emerging. I mean, just with the pandemic, like the Ocho became like more of a thing the ocho like um ocho cinco <laughs> may he rest in peace as well <laughs> he's probably dead right <laughs> or the ocho it's like these wild weird sports like um what is ocho oh the diving it? it's like these like random sports that people do I don't like I don't know all of them like specifically but one of them is like this diving competition where they jump off and like is this like um, point break like the extreme sports competitions one of them is like surfing the the Mavericks and the the other one's like it's no it's it's like it's like ridiculous sports okay so like almost kind of stupid so I mean like there's like there's like man I can't remember what it's called but it's like diving where they jump off and you have to like try to do like either like, style points like funny and it's like diving? you dive like or water diving you like dive like a jackknife almost like into water into water yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's like I mean there's like sports like arm wrestling now and right or slapping have you seen those videos yes those are wild <laughs> those are insane I, I, they're like oh that's so stupid but then it's kind of like I kind of want to try it <laughs> and so you know I think I think we will see more sports. I sure. think, like, this kind of gives... This is, like, so creative, how we did it. And yeah. it's like, you know, that'd be kind of sick if it actually did happen. 
Yeah. You know, but and I think we I think we will see more the emergence of new sports. But I'm also concerned about the sports that we do have, and like the youth being brought up right now. The young, the young, because like sports is. I don't know if it's being attacked, but like less and less kids are playing sports. Huh. Like organized sports. Like organized, football, yeah, organized sports. Stuff, yeah. And just even like unorganized, like sure. kids are in their homes now more than they used to be. And so like, I am curious to see our current sports and how it will transform with like technology advancing sure. and VR and, you know, pandemics. Well, I guess for me, sports is just a large facet of capitalism to get into my uh, socio-eco-political soapbox here but like sports is driven by money obviously professional sports particularly and I think a large portion of like I, I don't know I played football and basketball and soccer growing up and even as a kid in fifth grade playing basketball as soon as I could make like three three pointers in a row I was like okay like I could go pro you know <laughs> that's kind of always there that's that's such a driving factor in yeah. sports for any kid I don't know I can't speak for internationally obviously but in the United States it's always there on the horizon through all of it you know it, in high school sports a lot of the reason that like helps at least me when I was playing football you pick yourself back up on the hard days sometimes because you think there's a chance that I could this could take me somewhere else you know totally so I think like with new sports coming like I, I maybe I'm not super familiar with all the new sports, but one that comes off the top of my head is spike ball mm-hmm. has picked up big in like the last seven years, I guess. Totally. More or less. Maybe it's a little older than that, I don't know. Seven years is about right. Yeah. Um it's it's got a huge following and there's professionals and that sort of thing. There there will always be something to step in and fill a vacuum if something comes leaves the top I guess so mm. like football and basketball and baseball are kind of the preeminent professional sports in the in the United States yeah. but like you mentioned the numbers for youth playing those sports are going down with each passing year mm-hmm. which I'm not sure if that's reflected in like viewership and fanship of professional sports teams but I just know that that vacuum will be filled by something because that's how capitalism works right it's something steps up to fill that economic opportunity Right now we've got you got spike ball and the Ocho, whatever the freak that is. I don't understand. <laughs> Someone dives into a thing like a thing. Um, anyway, video but, game like video game competitions now. Yeah, esports. Yeah, huge totally. Esports. Yeah, I was just watching some videos this morning of just these. There's so many 16 year olds that are making six figures playing video games. You know, and, and it, it's exactly that. It's just people starting to flip back. So I guess what I'm saying is sports will do as well as the capitalistic society that it resides in, if that makes any sense. Yeah. At least in the United States. It's different. Like, when I think of Brazil, a place that I'm personally familiar with, they... they McKay uh, used to live there. Uh, yeah. For a time. Um, they, they definitely have... I mean, I'm not ultra super familiar with their political situation, but they don't have as flourishing of an independent economy as we do, their government. Apparently, it's very diff- differently than ours does. But so soccer is obviously the biggest sport down there, and it plays a very different role for them than it does for us. Again, they those kids also have the dream of playing professional, but it also plays a role in, you know, taking your mind off of poverty and giving kids a way out. Of, you know, it's it's similar, but it's different in other countries. And so I think right now we are, what's the date? We're five days away from a presidential election. 
Mm-hmm. I've I've had people send me messages saying that the entirety of American democracy hinges on the direction in which this vote goes, and um, I don't know that I would go that far. I do think that there's a lot at, at stake in this election, but I guess sports will kind of follow suit with the kind of the the nature of a, a free, um, quote unquote, free country. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, that's kind of a rant. I don't know if that even made any sense, to be honest. No, you know, you're <laughs> good. Back on, back all, all things that have been provoked by one triple seven six. <laughs> yeah, true. We're still on this topic. Kind of this. It's good. Look at that. It's, made, it's produced by SB Nation, I think. They've been making a sequel. I don't know if they finished it or not, but they're, we're in the middle of releasing it last time I checked. It's called two, 220. It's like 2020, but with an extra zero there in the middle. 20020. I'm looking up right now. So according to our according to the Wikipedia page, um, on September 30th, 2020, a sequel titled 20,020 was launched on Secret Base. It's a branch of SB Nation. On October 13th, 2020, it was revealed to be the first part of a two-part continuation with the second half 20,021. Plan for release in the winter or spring of 2021. I'm also realizing that there's a very low chance that this podcast will be released to anyone publicly in the next few days. So, person in the future who's existing in a post-election apocalypse, (laughs) listen to this and hearken back to the years in which we lived in a free economy and sports existed and we could record podcasts without the government censoring us and stuff. JK, I don't know what's going to (laughs) happen. We'll try to keep politics out of this. Yeah, we'll stay positive. (laughs) I wasn't saying that about anyone in particular. I'm just saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have no idea what will happen, but we will continue to make just fantastic content for you guys. For all all our little nofers out there. To listen to in your post-nuclear war bunker. (laughs) Keep you guys entertained while you wait for the inevitable heat death of the universe. (sighs) Well, yeah. Good night. listening to opinions that no one asked for or as it's affectionately known Otnof. Otnof is hosted by me McKay Menden and Jordan Sidarud it is edited by me McKay Menden original music for this episode was by Tyson Sidarud and you can find more episodes of the show wherever you listen to your podcasts see you next week <laughs>